All right, Booze Brothers Radio Show. We are here for the hour-long podcast talk. Here at Kaylee. Hello, hello. The Kaylee. house mom of Rick's. Rick's. It's a uh, Rick's Cabaret now. Rick's Cabaret. Or, I think Rick's it's Cabaret. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, former Hustler employee, a vegan Harry Potter enthusiast. <laughs> uh, yo, tell me about the vegan life. It's interesting in New Orleans. That's for sure. <laughs> What? It's hard. I, I can imagine I, it's hard. Yeah, Everything I, smells good to eat. When he asked you to tell him about the vegan life, like I, w- I was going to be like, what is that like? It's, ha- it's hard. I mean, well, it's gotten easier for sure now because I cook my own food and I'm a good cook, so I enjoy it. But, I mean, going out to eat is definitely difficult. I try to I, I try to, I cook my own stuff too, but like cooking like your steamed vegetables and then the rice, your right. plate just feels so empty. Even if it's full of both of them, like it's like I need some kind of meat. Well, there's meat substitutes, and there's all kinds of things that, you know, take the place of meat, so it doesn't feel that way, but... Then I think that's why I'm a little bit on the thicker side, because I like steak, I'm ground beef. Thicker side? I'm, nah, I'm not eating. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, and like I'm, I'm vegan. <laughs> See, that's not even... That's still <laughs> veganish to me. I'm not going to say oatmeal. I'm thick like... Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, New Orleans is beautiful. You, you, so you don't eat seafood or nothing? No, but I'm actually... I've been thinking about... In, um, going back to pescatarian, which means you just eat fish and fish. seafood. No red mm-hmm. meat, no chicken. I haven't had red meat in a really long time. Um, <laughs> over a year, at least. Pescatarian. I don't. I don't like red meat. Pescatarian. Um, but I, I think I do miss like shrimp mm-hmm. and fish. Mm-hmm. I do miss that. Do you ever get the boiled seafood vegetables? Yes. Okay. So, so you can eat that still. Yeah, yeah. It's just you have to monitor what has an animal product in it. So okay. it's not just so much meat and dairy. It's There's all kinds of animal products that are in things you don't even realize, you know? Right. Okay. So vegetarian, vegan. I, I, I always ask this question because I still get confused. Vegetarians. Vegetarians still do dairy. Okay. They vegan just don't is. Do, um, they just don't do meat. So okay. the, they're, they eat cheese, drink milk. You know, not all of them, but that's the difference. Okay, so dairy's in the diet of vegetarians. Yes. Vegan mm-hmm. is straight plants, a lot of people, fruits. Yeah, a lot of people don't go vegan because of cheese. Right. That's the. I mean, a lot of people can go without meat, but a lot of people cannot go without cheese. And there's yeah. really oh, not we, great cheese substitutes. Right, and when you think about it, like if I'm not eating the meat, you're getting the macaroni in. Oh. <laughs> Alfredo with. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. That's why I'm thick. <laughs> I don't, like, you know, like, I feel like eating is, like, a part of good. It's absolutely. Sex, it's you know, part sex. of this culture, for sure. Yeah. You know? So I've had to definitely adapt to that, especially being a house mom, because yeah. before all this happened, I asked the girls about transitioning into only serving vegan meals there. Really? Yeah. The girls wasn't going for that, huh? They did. They did? Yeah. Mm. Because the great thing is they don't have to eat with me if they don't want to. You know, I have I didn't just have like the main meal that I cooked. The hot meal was vegan, but I had a ton of snacks that weren't vegan, where they could just order something. But for the most part, I mean, about ninety five percent of the girls loved having that, and I had four or five different vegan options. So it was never like you just have to have a salad or you know. Mm. That's that's wonderful to know that uh, that kind of step and and uh, effort is being even applied. You know to uh, to to give that op- option to the girls. So that's yeah, love. Sure. Okay, uh, now for those of the people that are still tuning or just tuning in, uh, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm the house mom at Rick's Cabaret. Okay. <laughs> uh, social media, where can they find oh, you? Oh, it's um, Kaylee underscore Isabella underscore okay. on IG. On um, Facebook, it's just Kaylee Isabella. Okay, and the people are following you on Instagram, they're seeing some photos of you getting beat up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're seeing uh, all sorts of 
No, their makeup tutorial or their makeup. Their makeups, uh, yeah, yeah. Their it's special effects makeup. makeup, yeah. And they look great. Thank yeah. you. First I know when like, you posted Damn. that, I was like, without context, this looks really bad. Yeah. And I thought we was having a show about like domestic abuse or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're definitely going to talk about mental health. It is mental health. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think with everybody, I good transition. Uh, <laughs> good transition. Yeah. Bro. I think with everything going on with the, the virus, uh, mental health is definitely a serious subject I think people should be talking about and discussing. Um, the domestic abuse going on inside a lot of houses. Absolutely, they're uh, both high. They're both going getting up. aggravated, isolation, and then yeah. too much time amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I think people need that. Do your thing. I'm gonna do mine. Have your Saturday night out with the boys. I'm doing Sunday brunch with the girls. There's there should be some kind of but uh, if, if separate no, lives. If, if nobody can hang out with each other, right. Stay at home. If we're all stuck at home, we're playing video games, we're cleaning house. So now one person don't want the other person to go out. Where you going? You taking a shower going where? <laughs> no, you're not. No. <laughs> we on lockdown. Who you going to be locked down with? Plus adding <laughs> kids to the mix makes it even oh, you know, bro. Nobody working. And, you know, or your kids just getting, you just, the kids just aggravating you? I don't have kids. Oh, lucky. Right. lucky. I mean, I have adult children, but I do not have. Do you have any fur babies? I have two fur babies. Who are very good. Thankfully, I don't. There's still to. responsibility. Yes. Yeah, so They're old now, though, so they just kind of lay around and be cute, you know. But okay. you can, you can still slip up on that, you know. Like say, for instance, you go to Biloxi for the night, mm. and your friend like, let's stay an extra day. You like, I gotta feed my dog. And they're like, really? Oh, so no, your dog had, not gonna? They got a good Mimi. They'll just go to the Mimi's house. Okay. Good. Good. Now that's always been a problem with me. Like when I want to go out, you know what it is? After the bars, like at five six in the morning. Yo, where are we going next? Let's go eat. Let's get some breakfast. I got to go home and feed my dog. Ah, oh, you lame. Yeah. But oh, it's okay, after yeah. I had a dog, yeah, I realized, like, damn, I really got to make sure my dog's fed. Like, that's a person. Yeah. yeah. Somebody I got to look out for. It's my responsibility. Yeah. That's yeah, it's really loving. hard, especially the strip club hours, because who knows, especially as a DJ, you, don't, you can't leave till you close, you know? Right. So you never know what time you're going to get home. And yeah, those fur babies, they, uh, they end up suffering, but... They're nice to cuddle with. <laughs> yeah, usually on the weekends, I bring mine to my mom's house. Okay. Because I do work really long hours, you know, and it's just not fair to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about the mental health in this day and age at this time? I think it's getting, I think the discussions around it are getting better, which is important. Like, it's becoming less stigmatized to say, hey, I have a mental illness. Hey, I'm suffering. You yeah. know, people don't look at you like. You know, like you weird or like you're yeah. I think one. depression is way more common than it's ever been. Yeah, anxiety absolutely. and depression and like um, uh, what's the other one? That's people like a lot of people. Uh, PTSD. Yeah, I think that's like super like regular. I'm like 14, 15 year old kids have that right now. Like, you know, well, so. I think people didn't know how to um, have it diagnosed. You know, people don't necessarily want to go to the hospital they don't want to see a doctor about that they don't want to feel like something is wrong with them because that's what you're made to believe if you have depression or anxiety that something's wrong with you you know or ptsd you know from traumatic experiences that it's your fault and it's not you know and i feel like the more we're able to have these conversations with each other even if it's not with a therapist although i think everyone should be in therapy i think therapy benefits everybody but even if it's not with a therapist you should have someone to talk to that allows you to express how you're feeling and and that has that to be an unbiased feeling. person yeah that's hard that's yeah what, i that's, think you're spot on yeah yeah that's, that's the hard part of it that's what sometimes uh, with people you don't know if they're gonna judge you by what you're saying well a few months ago we were uh into, we had watched this documentary like the pharmacist and uh when i was like just going through like notes i feel as if though like especially parents 
a lot of people are kind of scared to seek out health because they don't want to get hooked on a, you know what I mean, hooked on things and then I true. think not knowing actually what the what's really going on with a person until you get uh, help and then the proper help it's a big balance so I even think with people in the midst of trying to get mental help that gets to a point to where it's pulling them in every di- different direction then if the person or people in their corner are truly not unbiased they they really like push away and strain off I know that for like effect you know, well so. the other problem is the the ways that people can get help it's not easy to access mental health facilities if you don't have money if you don't have insurance you mm. know um, a lot of people feel like they can't afford to have mental health and a lot of them can you know and that's a big problem within our society it's why you know a lot of the homeless people are just mentally ill and have never had help you right. know what I mean so we ignore that while constantly telling people to fix themselves but if you don't have the money to fix yourself how do you and, fix yourself and then I feel like the, the unprivileged they get they get kicked away from the hospitals and the judicial system I know a lot of uh, people try to commit crimes so they can get taken care of in jail true, you know what yeah. I mean or get a bed at a hospital you have a bed and a hot meal yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's just one. It's it's one of those sad sad facts. But this brings me to the say. I think that's why marijuana uh, legalization and realization. But by being not that bad and more acceptable than ever now, because I feel see if they can prove that marijuana is a direct hit and can cut down mental health fifteen percent in America hands down. I think it would be like okay, it's all good. You know Absolutely think it's helpful. I also think that microdosing would be helpful to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain what that is. Microdosing is like taking small amounts of um, either LSD or sometimes they use it with um, GH, uh, not GHB, uh, Molly, to help you relax, helps your brain readjust. You know, if you take it in large doses, it affects you a lot more. But in small doses, it can help you calm down. It can help you have more clarity. Mm, that's weird because um, that's just weird. I never would have thought mm-hmm. that. They're doing a lot of trials with it right now. Um, and personally, I used to be someone who did a lot of psychedelics and... I never. I'm one of those people who've never had a bad trip. To yeah. me, they were always like eye-opening. They always brought me a lot of clarity to whatever situation I was in. But like Molly, uh, no, like uh, LSD or acid oh, okay. or mushrooms. Yeah, you know, um, I never done it with my, like microdose Molly-wise. You know, yeah, but I don't. I didn't even know you could. Mic- I, I just, you know, it's right. in trials now. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because it releases dopamine. You yeah. know, and that's what mm-hmm. makes you happy. It helps you with your serotonin levels. So then we need to figure out this like a straight dopamine pill, like just that. Because the wave of drugs, when it goes up, down, up, down, left, right, I always tell people when it's back to your first time, whatever your first time doing, whatever it is we're say, hypothetically saying, talk, talking about, make sure to control the environment. Make sure you can kind of control the narrative. You never want to do that in the first time outside of your element right. of comfort. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it can go <laughs> left. Yeah. But <laughs> even with like, I don't know about microdosing, but like a pill of like dopamine, the problem is that you get hooked on the feeling of your endorphins being released. You know what I mean? So someone will abuse that. And eventually you will run out of what makes you feel good and you will just be depressed and even in a worse position. So it's a hard, mm. you know... It's the same kind of thing with medications. You know, what works for one person isn't going to work for the next person. Just because we have depression doesn't mean the same depression medication works, you know. Mm, And it took me a very long time of trials to find the right combination because the first combination made me want to kill myself Mm. more than even being depressed You know, Mm. it's supposed to help you. The problem is it takes weeks to, like, readjust. Yes. Then the other problem is it affects you sexually. Mm -hmm. So 
you're just, like good, like you're right. happy, but you can't come. Yeah. You know, so what's the point? That's like Adderall. You ever, you ever had Adderall where you just like you you horny, but you just ain't that dog just ain't spitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. It's like you know, um, I think for men, you know, it, it either you guys lose libido or you know you can't get hard. But for us, it's like you just can't you just can't get aroused, or even if you can, you can just go and go and go, and it's just not going to happen. So then it's like, well, I mean, I'd rather be depressed. <laughs> Oh man, that's you know, tough. So finding the right kind of medications that allow you to live a somewhat normal life, you know, it's yeah. hard. That's, that's why question. marijuana is a great. Yeah, because it never, it never kind of, it never, it puts you in your thoughts, but it never take you on that. That journey. Yeah. Yeah, that journey. Like you know what I mean, man. I was supposed to do this. What am I gonna do to, like you know, yeah. like yeah, like. But I would say this much: if you wake up and start talking too early, that would dictate your whole day. You would be in the clouds all <laughs> day, bro. Wake and bake. Come on, bro. You call me at nine. I'm about to get up. You call me back <laughs> at twelve. Shit, I uh, put a piece in the oven and all. Uh, I think yeah. I did some wake and bake on four twenty. I started. I woke up. And I was like, yeah, I'm about today's gonna be the day. I'm just chilling, and yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, it was nice. The yeah. problem is that, for, in my experience, though, marijuana doesn't help with everything that comes with depression. No. It helps <clears> anxiety, <throat> but sure. that's the issue. There should be a way to incorporate all of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's part of what I think my job as a house mom is, is to be an unbiased person mm-hmm. to some of these girls who don't have someone to talk. I mean, I don't want to say a lot of the girls, but many girls have strange relation, strained relationships with their moms, so they don't have like a mother role model or like a positive role model to talk to about things they're scared about, you know, whether it's drugs or abortion or sex or, you know what I mean? Yes. So. I would I, say role model, period, not just like mom role model. Or, yeah, just yeah. someone, especially in the strip club industry, which is dominated and run by men. Yes. You know what I mean? It's very, very rare that you have women in a owner's position. Winner, uh, women in a management position and you know house moms are different but we are an extension of management but to be owned and run by women is very very rare Absolutely. I feel like that's crazy I feel like, like it's, it feel like women would, would for one women are way more smarter than guys and when women seem to have uh, a good, great ownership skills I, I just don't think women try to go get into that field if they're not coming from that background I, I've never looked into it, but I imagine it would be a lot harder than I think it would be. You know what I mean? But I know that as For a, a woman, woman manager, uh, as an owner, oh, I'm owner. But I, I know that as a a female in a semi power position, it has helped a lot in our particular club because, well, our management and owners are really great too because they do actually care what happens to our girls. They don't look at girls as a dime a dozen. You know what I mean? They want yes. girls to stay. They want girls to work there. So tell me how to make this better you know and if girls have an issue they bring it to me so i can be the liaison to that because sometimes when you're upset you might not come off in the way that you want to come off to get your your you're like their agent sort of yeah yeah yeah, definitely okay it's a good way of looking at it yeah like the the role of house mom uh i've always been i i worked with one house mom at uh one of the other clubs on bourbon Mm -hmm. then another one came by at rick's saloon Mm -hmm. remember working with them shortly Hustler, I don't recall. We had one when I first started. Yeah. But it, for only, I don't know how long she was there before I started, but she was only there about a year and a half after. Yeah. For me, I have only worked with three house moms, and I only had a good experience with one. Mm. So for me, that was part of wanting to become a house mom. The job kind of fell in my lap. I didn't seek it out. But then when I did get it, it was really important to me to change how people viewed house moms. Yeah. Because... 
there's a negative outlook on house moms, and they're also a dying industry within the strip club. Absolutely, I agree. There's with that. very hardly any house moms left, and a lot of them. I'm pro- I'm the youngest one that I know of. I've never met a house mom my age. You know, they're usually late 40s, early 50s, sometimes older. Many of them have been in the strip club industry, but I mean, at a time when you could snort coke in the back. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same kind of industry. I thought it was still like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same kind of industry it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, right. You know? Absolutely. And a lot of it, too, like, the worst one I worked for was, like, the last time I was dancing. And one was in Houston and one was in um, Beaumont. And my Houston house mom was great. You know, she was in the industry. She was really sweet. Like, I really enjoyed her. But I didn't really enjoy, which is a thing I don't enjoy with a lot of house moms that I worked with. They charge you for literally everything. Charge you for a tampon. Charge you for a baby wipe. Charge you for... Oh, yeah, yeah. So for me, when I decided to do this, I was like, I don't want to... I don't want it to be based on you owe me for everything that we have. Mm -hmm. Let's base it on if you use something or if you use my, uh, my service, just hit me. That's it. Just take care of me because I'm taking care of you. You know, and... Like, but that comes to back to your personality and your and who you are, though. I feel as if though, uh, house moms, managers, uh, anybody in position depends on what type of person that individual person is will dictate um, the way you go about treating people. Because certain people feel like, okay, well, I know you're gonna make it. I know you're gonna uh, get this. I know you're gonna get this. They don't make people feel like people, even mm-hmm. when they're working with them. And I agree. And absolutely, I, I hate the uh, stigma of you know by you being an entertainer, whether it's a DJ, a stripper, a, um, a, a, a performance art, a performing art dancer, bartender. That's still real jobs in a real industry. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Sex it's, work is real work. All aspects of it. And certain people, I feel like it's frowned upon and not appreciated and given the proper respect that it's supposed to be given. Absolutely. And I think for me, it was more of I remember being a dancer and having nights where I made five dollars and that was it, you know, and I still and I was leaving work owing them 45 when I came in the next day. You know, everybody thinks that as dancers, we make thousands and thousands of dollars and absolutely the ability to do so is there. But there are still nights where you can't sell anything. Right. Or it's just a bad night and every dude you talked to made you feel bad or you just couldn't get in the rhythm. You know what I mean? So I never wanted girls to feel like this is the only five dollars I have. So I'm giving it to you. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of house moms that I worked with, they write your name down and it's, oh, you didn't make it tonight. You can pay me next time. Which, granted, it should be how it is anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I can't get you tonight. I'll get you tomorrow. Because sometimes that does bite me in the ass having that attitude. However, I know what it's like to be a dancer and not make money i know what it's like to have a bad week in a row yeah. you know what i mean and not make anything barely make a hundred dollars for the week that's so. why that's why i always say like when if you people in your industry or if you have people working up under you or my employees or whatever it's always a level of i'm gonna always go above and beyond mm-hmm. for you because i feel like to run a successful business it's all about the people you choose to hire so if i can go out seek out a good roster good staff of people and not just okay you're a good guy no you're good for this position right here and let and let that be known that i want you to you know fill this position that way everybody feels more um like they're worth something more they are part of the business they're part of this whole puzzle and feel like okay you know what if i know i'm slacking it's gonna affect everybody and i care that much to let me get up and apply myself or let me you know and if you take care of people they're gonna want to take care of you if you treat people well 
they're going to want to treat you well too you know if you show somebody that you love them you know because that's what our our industry is family now whether you get along with it not everybody gets along in the family that's just natural but people should know that you have somebody who has your back you yeah. know what i mean and for me that's always what it's been about like you you are valid how you feel is valid and we're going to fix it you know we're going to do what we can so you're hurt you know what i mean so if you're doing something to help the company and help the people around you then they're going to want to do better too i absolutely agree with that yeah and um and that's that's pretty much not to say half the battle but it's almost half the battle if you can just get people that genuinely care that's genuinely going to apply themselves that understands the business and it's another thing Get people to run your business. Don't don't go seek out a manager that's never been in the business, ran the business, know nothing about the business, Absolutely. even likes the business. Maybe just because he's smart and had up on paper, or she's smart and had up on paper. No, in a certain, especially this entertainment business, because this is people driven. Like people, right. vibes, moods, mm-hmm. energy drives the business. You know, that's so true. So I would definitely recommend to all people that's going to put someone in position make sure you go seek out people that care about the position and about the background of it and know a little bit about it that's why it doesn't have as much success and almost to in every aspect of business especially now the world is changing but i feel like a lot of business around the world they don't put the right people in position to make the business go further because one is genuinely people that don't care about the business about the job and then they don't know about the industry that's a there's a really good example of that right before I became the house mom there was like a two to three week period where they um, had a house mom before me but I think it was like on a trial basis just to see how it was or whatever and I knew I know her personally and she used to work at Hustler um, not as a house mom though and her attitude towards it was I'm just here to give you all this stuff like she wasn't Mm. you know like she wouldn't buy cigarettes for the club because she didn't smoke cigarettes you know what I'm saying or Like, if girls needed something, she was like, that's not my job. So she didn't necessarily want to... She had been in the strip club industry, but never as a house mom. So her passion for it wasn't there. Right. And the girls could feel that. They hated it. You know, and she didn't... She, she was there about a week or maybe three weeks before they were seeking out for somebody else. So it just happened to fall into place that way. Yeah. Well, sucks for her. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a... Uh, I think caring in any position at the strip club is important like even as the manager the dj uh something i learned from hustler was yo buy them buy them gummies why they love gummies they taste delicious all right like regular gummies regular gummies regular like candy sweet and sours okay yeah snacks (laughs) and i was like i'll get them sure enough i just laid it out there because we don't have a house mom and They'd come. You have any candies? You have any snacks? Because they get hungry. Mm-hmm. They they don't want to order a twenty dollar you know right. pasta from exactly across the street. Exactly. And so yeah, if you got some snacks to just munch on and to hold them over, they'll be a, a little happy and like grateful that there's someone that actually cares. If they're eating or just for that little sugar rush, just to uh, get the taste of alcohol out your mouth or that last cigarette that's just hanging on your breath. It it's something for them to look forward to. And yeah, if you care in any position, I think. Also, oh, they used well. to have those little peppermints, though. That's huh? why house moms to me are an essential part of the business, though, because your girls are not just there to make money and die. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think in the industry, a lot of times the people who run it forget that the only reason that we have customers is because we have girls. Customers are not coming in to talk to you. 
They're not coming in to talk to me. They're not coming in to talk to the manager. They're coming Hello. in to talk to a pretty girl. Hello. You know? And people don't want to... They come for the entertainment, yeah, brother. people don't want to admit that, you know? And they're not even necessarily going for the bartenders. It's great that the bartenders are there, but they can go to a bar. They come to strip clubs to talk to women. So women need to be respected for the fact that that's why they're here. We're entertainers. They need to be, you know... I want to ask you, what's the worst pickup line you heard? Or best? My worst what? The worst pickup line or best? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the best one. I don't know the worst because there's a lot of terrible ones, but one of my most favorite, and I'll never forget this. This guy was like, um, oh shit, now I forgot it now that I don't want to tell it to you. But he was like, um, it was something about, oh shit, now I can't remember. Well, why she, why she thinks that shot the uh, seven three distilling company? Seven three distillery. You look, they're keeping our, they're keeping this clean, keeping our hands sanitized. So I definitely, definitely, definitely want to shout out the seven three distilling company. Uh, we are a boutique city, and we look forward to working to with all our local distilleries, all our local reps, everybody. So big up to seven three distilling company. They have this beautiful hand sanitizing bottle. It's custom made just for us. Fresh plastic. The spray nozzle is great, and who wouldn't use some great hand sanitizer right now? Because it is a dirty world, so we gotta stay clean. <laughs> Coronavirus. Thank you, seven three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what what was it? I can't remember. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you put me on the spot. Okay. But, I mean, there are so many. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to come back to it because I know I need some material. They make you laugh. Yeah. You know, so it like breaks the ice of having an uncomfortable <laughs> rather than some dude being like, oh. I, yeah, I appreciate a corny one. He, like, don't you appreciate that? One. I love him. Like you just gotta be like, look, look. This is all I got. Okay, this, I bo- is, <laughs> this, this is it. <laughs> like, so what you about to do? Like, you know, you gotta have a hot dog. You know what I mean? I don't eat hot dogs. Would you don't like weenies? <laughs> got you. <laughs> the weirdest one I ever had though, and it still creeps me out to this day, is he was like. Like massaging my shoulders or whatever, uh-huh. and then he was like moving down my arm, and he was doing this move where he was like, like pinching my skin and like lifting it up, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, your skin is just so elastic. I just uh, love the elasticity of your skin, and I was like, <laughs> elasticity is that a real word? Uh, it is a real word. It, it like, would have freaked gotta, me out. I was like, I gotta go, sir. Yeah. This guy's uh, gonna wear I my skin. Me alive. <laughs> oh, you your skin? Is it elasticity? No, that's regular skin. I don't know I, what he was talking about. He was trying to wear her skin. That's exactly what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, he, he, he was gotta, trying to like... Ooh, like serial killer? Yeah, he was yeah. trying to prep it. That exactly. He was trying to prep it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, there's been some incidents on that street. And, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. It's been... It's sad. I'm forgetting. But, uh, yeah, when they when they start talking kind of weird like that, I'm like, damn, you want to go home? Get up again, yeah, I, yeah. See, I see how I was going. I was just thinking everybody was cool then. I was like, then I think about it. Hold on, what you mean? Like, <laughs> hey, <bro>. dog. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to gotta walk away yeah. <laughs> it's like you know what i've been propositioned like a handful of times and i'm just like no what you mean by proposition it sounds like, like a deal like yeah like <laughs> hey want you a, what, a deal. what do you do when you get off you should invite some of your girls over to our hotel bro bro uh, i know what you're doing we first are, of all that's we illegal. are not friends first of all that's illegal <laughs> that, was my, that was my first Sorry. instance and unless you have the lucifer street i don't street, know you <laughs> Unless you have the Lucifer Suite at uh, the Saint Hotel, like I'm not interested. Have you guys ever seen that? No. The I've Lucifer seen it in Suite, pictures, but yeah. never like up close. It's beautiful. It's fire. It's fire. It's gorgeous. It's so. It's nice. called the Lucifer Suite. The bro. Lucifer Suite. Oh yeah. my god! You gotta look it up. And, uh, He's like, I don't want no part of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm not flattered by people who try and invite me out and oh bring your girls because that's what it ultimately yeah, is I mean, like bring your basics. friends. Like hey, what are you doing when you get off or. 
does your boyfriend let you do this? Or I would take care of you if, if you didn't want to work anymore. Which is always so funny because what makes you think that it's always like you're being forced to work here? Sir, right. I make more money than you. <laughs> don't make me pay your bills. Like 80% of the time you're making more than these dudes that are talking to you. Yeah. So like don't. It's just like if you were my girlfriend, you'd never have to work again. That's why I don't understand. Sir, like wife. <laughs> and she is at work. This is the reason why you're here right now. Working at the hospital. Shout out about all hospital workers out there. Yeah. Our nurses and the stuff. healthcare professionals. The healthcare professionals. Great. We need those. Are so smooth, Jesus, <laughs> the essential workers. We need those because baby, yeah. baby. Woo. Great I times. love it. Yeah. yeah. New Orleans. This is a beautiful day today, though. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to jump into this Harry Potter conversation. I speaking for myself. I've seen the first movie. Never read a book. Didn't care to see any of the other movies. No desire to go to Disneyland or Disney World. I'm sorry to go it's see. Not Disney World. What is it? It's Universal. Oh, and okay. It's the Wizarding World. The Wizarding World. Okay, so we're gonna get it. We're gonna get everything. Please. Straight. Okay. Have you seen? Have you watched Harry Potter? Um, like the maybe in the when it first came out, like the little guy Smeagol. No, that. <laughs> That's, that's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, though. Oh, I just saw those, though. People made me watch those. Oh, yeah. Oh, like Harry, Potter. Harry Potter. I thought, okay. Harry Potter is the one with, right, with the, the guy, the, the book, the little, the, the little kid. The Harry yeah, Potter. The okay. Kid, How many like, of those they have? There's eight. Jesus. Whoa. Eight. Well, there's eight eight books, but. Uh, How many six movies? movies? Six movies, but like, aren't, six, aren't two of them together? It's Deathly Hollows part one, one part two. two. Okay. Let's see. Sorcerer's Stone, um, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, you know what? I think yeah, I I, seven, might, I seven. may need to meet to sit down and just watch like the whole Harry okay, Potter and the, the whole thing, Lord of the Rings. The movies, so you have to read the books. You don't have to, but the movies don't have everything that the books have in them, obviously. So I, they do yeah. miss some key things, whatever. But the movies are great. The first movie is very childish because it's he's a child, he's eleven. You know what I mean? So he's like growing up and like finding the magic of it. Like that's what the great thing about that first movie is, especially because the people. When they first watched it, are young, you know. I wasn't young. I didn't get into Harry Potter until like three years ago. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't the um, I was a late bloomer to okay. Harry Potter. But the reason people love it so much is because they started when they were they were growing up with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember it came out like reading the what, books. Like every book came out. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so okay. But yep. that, but Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Um, how many? Are you familiar with Lord of the Rings? I've only, I've never read the books because I don't even think I could. Then that's another thing. Like these, like yeah, yeah. It's, uh, okay, I don't the language that. in that is just so like extravagant and beautiful, and like you know what I mean. It's like definitely an epic read, you know. But the movies were awesome. I love the movies. We actually just watched them at work. We had a big movie night and watched them, and I finished watching them at home. But I think there's four. I think there's three Lord of the Rings and then there's two Hobbit movies. I could okay, be wrong. Yes. Don't right. I, yell I, I at me. I definitely think it's the hot two. Don't Hobbit yell at the radio. I'm not. I'm not exactly. <laughs> we're not, we're sure not messing it up, y'all. We're, we're interested in getting involved in it because uh, <laughs> it is it is obviously it's been successful. Yeah. I don't you know, know I mean? everything about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but the Harry Potter that's some that is something you are familiar with. And uh, yes, eight movies. There's eight movies. Okay. For Harry Potter. Yeah, eight movies for Harry Potter. All right. I was just Jeez. corrected. Cause I right. just I got on remember. Star Wars like recently, and now um, mm. I'm not gonna. Lie. It's, it's 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 good. It's, it's it's good. See, I've never seen any Star Wars. Well, you know, growing up, like like growing up, Star Wars was always like okay. So you see the the action figures. You got this. You know, they already had good paraphernalia, put, uh, paraphernalia in stores. But as so far as just watching it, locally, like my brothers and sisters didn't really watch it. But Star Trek, like I think Star Trek. Um, 
um, what else made me kind of just always was like mm, interest the suits like the little, the white you know the suits and the dark Vader you know what I mean I know, like, like, I know some things about it but I've never seen any of them right I, I've never seen it but it's always been I feel like around relevant yeah it's a cultural it, phenomenon for sure yeah. you know and mm-hmm. um so uh, there's this thing called a Mandalorian uh, Mad- Mand- Mandalorian yes Got you. Mandalorian that is good. See, yeah, I didn't see that one yet either, but I know that's the one with Baby Yoda, right? Correct. Yes. Baby and really? I was like, I'd like to correct you. It's not Baby Yoda. It's just one of his species. Don't yell at us, radio. We get it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, whoever. Okay. This guy is legit. Okay. And uh, <laughs> the whole thing um, is it's, it's nice. So if they, I'm thinking I'm going to maybe get into that. And I wanted something to where like me and my son could kind of get into it. Like he never mm-hmm. seen Deadpool yet. Um, I wanted to get something it's that. Radar. It's very much rated R, and it is my favorite, one of my favorite. Like I love Deadpool, the guy, the actor. It's cool. Right. So I, I do want to maybe, maybe you know, I might get into uh, Lord of the Rings or um, or um, uh, the other thing, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So yeah, Harry Potter is so much fun. So yeah, I've understood Harry Potter is fun, and because I'm not involved in this magical realm of <laughs> Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, I've also <laughs> have never. I tried watching uh, Game of Thrones. I saw the first two episodes, mm-hmm. and then I would just pass out. Okay, here's the thing about Game of Thrones, to be fair. It's Go. a 10-year epic thing, okay? Okay. But the first couple of seasons were kind of slow. And not just kind of slow, but they were like... They were the build-up. You're Right, you're building this character world, you know what I mean? Because the books are, like, incredible, like, way really? too long even. Yeah, like this fad and we gotta start reading more i feel like i I read too much other stuff to think the first couple season like season one and two but like seasons like three like three and four oh that's when it starts getting really good the problem is the last season makes you want to fucking jump off a bridge oh okay so it's not even worth it really (laughs) yeah it's the ending of the last season that's a bad taste in your mouth is it gonna? Is it gonna have another? Is it? We had a re- no. This is it. We had a big thing at work, like because a lot of people were all about Game of Thrones at work. So on Sundays, oh. we even got we got HBO put in the dressing room. Cool. Yeah. So we could watch Game of Thrones, and every Sunday it was like a group of like eight of us, and we'd sit around the table, we'd eat dinner, and we'd watch Game of Thrones. And I mean, every Sunday we were like in tears. It was just so good. It was such a great buildup. And then, like, the last two episodes, we were like, what is happening? <laughs> so, it was not. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil I'm it. Not, I'm me. not. Even though I'm pretty sure I'm not going to watch 10 years worth of material. But, <laughs> like, so they didn't finish it, like, why everybody died. Or they finished it in a way that kind of. Does it leave any opening for the future? There's, I think there is going to be spinoffs. But the way they ended is, like, like a happy I don't know how to describe it, like a happy ending, but that show isn't really made to have happy endings. I know like, when I seen they burn like logically things should have happened differently. And when you're like a really dedicated to the show and the characters, it's like why give this character this amazing character redemption arc and then right. You know he what I gets mean? to the pinnacle where the, he breaks through the castle. He gets to the place where they killed and slayed his mom and dad, and he he has the opportunity just to take over the kingdom. And I mean, you know, there's kill. just like there's like three or four characters where you're like. Like what no. the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all doing it wrong. You're doing it so, wrong. But I mean, everybody's you know, there's probably people cursing at the radio right now. But um, that's also what I like about the industry. The strip club, because y'all, the girls are always interested in like things you wouldn't like imagine. Never guess. Yeah, yeah. you'll never be guessed. They'd when be I interested. found those video game nerds, it's like, oh really? Yeah, y'all play that some Super anime, Mario. Like you know how many times people have anime, been like, yeah. oh my friends into Harry Potter and like girls like because my my best friend and I 
you know, she's the dancer. She talks to people down on the floor. But so many times she's like, this guy downstairs is into Harry Potter. That's what we talked about the whole time. Got a room because of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you can find commonalities with customers, <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Now, granted, they're not always into Harry Potter. It's mostly the Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings, the Game of Thrones, that kind right. of thing. But, you know. Harry Potter, yeah, it's, it's unique. And I think uh, I'm, that's why I was so intrigued by it. Like, how do you become engulfed in this Harry Potter I think everybody's different like I said for people who have been into it for a long time it was because they were kids and they just grew up with like magic for me it was I was going through a divorce and I was driving back and forth from Beaumont to Houston Mm. because at the time I was living in Beaumont and I was working in Houston and I was trying to move back home Mm. so I had to I didn't want to work at my husband's club anymore obviously so my husband uh, my ex-husband is a manager at a strip club so it was too difficult to work there and I was like I can't keep doing this I just went to Houston and I had some a really wonderful friend shout out to Mary I don't know if you're listening but her and her husband let me stay with them while I traveled to Houston because hotels are expensive house fees are expensive whatever I got to stay with them and I would go you know five days a week sometimes and rather than driving back and forth every night they would just let me stay at their house five days a week work get money but the drive back and forth i listened to the harry potter audiobooks Mm. because they're really long and they just kind of take your mind off of things you know what i'm saying and because the world is really magical and engulfing it just makes you happy you know what i mean like you then once you really start getting into it these characters start to like mean something to you like in any other you know fandom right so it started that way i was just going through a divorce and i just needed like some happy thoughts so that's cool. what it I was. I do like audio, uh, listening to like, uh, audio to like audio stuff. It's yeah. way easier to drive and listen. Yeah. So, I mean, I would go through a book and, you know, I would finish probably two or three trips. I would finish one book because they're about 14 hours or so. But Or when I was taking a break in the back, I would put my headphones in and listen to it. Because by that point, I was like, yes, you know. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. That's a uh, that's definitely a way. Kind of like Marvel, uh, Marvel is with uh, with us like watching uh, the first Avengers, then the second. Like we kind of grew up with like you know because it's been uh, better yet, Fast and Furious. Like from the first <laughs> Fast and Furious, like I'm invested. You know what I mean? Right. Like like I I'm. Seen, what is that? Was there eight of them now? Uh, I I don't know. I stopped after like I don't know. When they Paul got- Walker died. And that was like uh, six going to seven, I think. Then it had eight. Then I think it's not. I think I stopped right before the Paul. What was the one? Maybe it was after to- Tokyo Drift. Is that? Yeah, that was earlier. That was yeah, like three. The Fast and the Furious. It just started getting like too much for me. Also, I get it's like people who are into cars. It's definitely you know for me. It's like I don't care about that. Yeah, actually, well, actually I like actually magic. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the, Mar- the the Avengers and um, um, and, and Marvel because even as an adult, you still. It's hard not to like all the midgets. The superheroes. You yeah. know, like. I was never a Marvel fan. I was more DC. But wow. I have become more Marvel because of the movies. Right. You know, I've learned the lore through the movies. But I liked, like, my favorite comic book is called The Sandman. Okay. And that's one that not a lot of people have heard of. But it's my absolute favorite. But I read, like, you know, The Joker and mm-hmm. Batmans. Like, those are the ones I read because I love The Joker, too. So I never really got into Marvel until the movie started coming out, and now you're like invested. Right. Yeah. You're crying. Yeah. You know. You're waiting to see <laughs> like who's ruining going. your life. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, shout out to Ryan, uh, little Cody Joe. She should be coming down here to New Orleans, I think today. I love you so much. Yeah, I we, hope we you're listening. You. We hope you're doing well. Yeah. And uh, in her move, she's the one who told me about Joker and really tried to get me to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, man. I got. I've I've loved Batman like, since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and the whole Batman and Joker rivalry has always been like 
the the big epic thing for me. So every Mar- every uh, Batman Joker kind of cartoon uh, movie and short film I've mm-hmm. tried watching. This Joker film came out with the Joaquin Phoenix. I expected the way she made it seem was that there's gonna be a lot of raping, a lot of freaking uh. Uh, crazy that mental was the health last, the issues. Joker, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. It, w- it definitely was a mental. It was a focus on mental health. Yes. Not so much. I think it was more of a character study of the Joker. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing about the Joker for me, why he's always been my favorite character of any, you know, he's always been my favorite character, is because he didn't start off as this terrible person. Like the thing that started him off was anyone could have one. All it takes is one bad day to turn you from being a good person to a bad person. Now, whether who knows what it takes or what it is that's going to push you, but right. not everybody has it in them to... Mix with an alcoholic daddy beating them up at home. And well, all I mean, stuff. see, that's the other thing. We don't really know the Joker's real origin. There's never been a real one. The closest one we have is the killing joke. Yes. But over the, you know, 70 years that he's been a character, there's no at least I, I, 15. I, I think the last thing that kind of kind of made it crazy with Heath Ledger did such a good job with, mm-hmm. with that Joker and then we went see Suicide Squad Joker that's who I wanted they should they could have made a whole movie with Suicide Squad Joker and Harley Quinn bro like they, that would I would have paid cash here's, money here's twice if you want to know about that Joker that is the new 54 Joker so here's the thing about the Joker he's never just one type right, right. so Heath Ledger's Joker is like the anarchist Joker. You know what I mean? Like, that's the anarchist wow, side of him. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Heath Leather, Heath, I mean, um, Jared Leto's Joker is the Joker that doesn't care about anything. Like, yeah. he is literally the reckless. one of the reckless. And he's also based off of a spinoff comic called Joker. Um, I can't think of who wrote it, but I will send you guys a picture of it because okay. you need to read it. But it is one of the most, like, terrible stories about the not terrible like it's a bad story like the most insane like a tragedy he skins a man alive Ooh. at a strip club that's okay. joker oh. yeah. but that's the that's the joker that he's based on but okay. he looks like the Heath Ledger Heath Ledger Joker in the movie okay um, I mean in the comic but he is the Jared Leto version Joker okay. and that Joker is incredible and if it would have been done correctly like if they could have had the the wherewithal to do it like they did this current movie it probably would have been incredible. Yeah. yeah. I also think the character design threw it off for people because he yes. looked... He looked like similar to the, the Batman from Adam West. He just looked, you know... He did look he a little off. He, he didn't. He ridiculous. Yeah, he didn't look like... The Joker had... I feel like Joker has this flame of no matter how you think about Joker, Joker's still like, I'm a bad... Ad, I'm a bad guy. Not like an older, older guy, but like I'm still loose. I'm still spun... Like, like, yeah, like, like he's a, electric. He, he, he just was more like a plumber. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. He just yeah. I didn't like the character design at all. But he is based on the new 52 Joker. And that Joker is really dope, too, because the way he looks throughout that book is the storyline is he cuts his face off to be reborn and to tease Batman. So he takes his face off and disappears, and then he breaks back into the GCPD and steals his face and sews it back on. So the whole comic book, he's wearing his own cut-off face. Yeah. So that's the type of <laughs> thing the they Joker. should explore in movies right. because that would shoot the Marvel movies out of the water. But right. yeah. it's too dark yes, to explore yeah. with a PG-13 movie. And that's who they're They better get on that Deadpool to, wave. You know? But like, that's the thing. Deadpool was funny. Yeah. There's no way to do Joker, Joker funny? movie justice. You gotta without, get some help. I mean, you could have comedy, but there's no way to do it right unless yeah, it's That dark. guy have to be... that. 
in, that in particular guy would have to be funny. You know what I mean? But and, yeah, just I don't know. Like it would be. It would you made me want. I'm, I'm going. I got to look into the Lord of the Rings now. I have like I I collect Joker comics. I have a, a lot of them, but um, that one, that particular one where he's the one where he takes his face off yeah. is mm-hmm. a good one. But the one where he skins a guy, really incredible. Good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you watched uh, Gotham? I got into it for. Um, like maybe four seasons and then same thing it just kind of fell off for me not that the characters weren't great because i thought they were good i thought the guy who did the joker was incredible yes but same thing if you can't be dark right then what's the point because they're written so dark Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like batman is from a cave bro like it's got to be dark gotham city the, the thing about batman is like his whole persona is based on PTSD. He watched his parents die in front of him. Mm. You know, nobody ever really explores that either. You just explore like the crime fighting side of it. You know, we need the, we need like Batman to go rogue. Well, that's the other thing that makes Batman Batman is he doesn't he tries hard not to kill people. He doesn't use like guns. You know oh yeah, mean? he don't. So huh? it's also hard to do a movie in that way where he just the tying Joker up will people. Use anything and do anything. I mean, there's a storyline where the Joker like. Didn't he blow up a ferry <laughs> with a bunch no, of people was, on No, he it. was going to. But in, like, the comic books, like, he one, he kills Robin. He kills Jason Todd. He sexually assaults and paralyzes um, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. That's what oh, the yeah. killing joke is based on. Um, yeah. What? There's another one where he... I forget how he gets all the babies into a building. I don't know if it's an orphanage or something, but there's babies everywhere, and somebody goes to save them, and he shoots her in the stomach and throws a baby at her so he can escape, you know, and you don't really find out what happens afterwards. Like, he's a vicious-ass character, so there's no way to portray him that's PG-13, other than Jared Leto Joker, which is trash. (laughs) (laughs) True. All right. Damn, we gotta we gotta start writing DC. Yeah, we got. I got. Yeah, we got. We write. demand. <laughs> They're doing Alan Moore a disservice, okay? Because that man is a genius yeah. writing these stories. Who's your favorite Batman? You know what it would be? It would be the um, the Batman who laughs. It would be the evil Batman, the one who has like um, looks kind of like the Joker. Yes. Um, I'm not a Batman fan. I'm only a Joker, Joker fan. fan. But I like that they. You know, I like their engagement with each other and their their rivalry because Joker doesn't really have anything against Batman other than the fact that he's just trying to prove a point that you could be me. I just don't know what it takes to get you there. Mm, That's what his whole point of fighting with the, with Batman is. Because he don't Joker don't care about money or nothing. He doesn't right. even shit about like, anything. And then he's so powerful, yeah. Batty. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care about anything. He just wants to prove a point that you could be me. You just haven't gotten there yet. And no matter what, they're gonna always treat you like you're a weirdo. Like it's you know because at one time the people were like against Batman when he couldn't like mm-hmm. I, I love it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look into my Joker series. I'm thinking about getting all kind of characters printed up I'm on shirts. Put that one for y'all. Yeah. The Joker looked like he uh, he was into drugs, into like the mob ties, right. into uh, blackmailing politicians. Like, uh, I wish we could do like some kind of Joker series, like nationwide, where it was like a nationwide thing where the Joker is on ten and he got all the gangs working together. It's something like you know, it'd be a big time movie. Because uh, I feel like movies going in this direction would, uh, if I can put Quentin Tarantino, Ooh. Michael Bay, um. Trying to get all these directors to work together. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about we making a three-hour uh, no, splash. I think, would, I think they would clash heads. Yeah, it's, it, well, Michael Bay oh, and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. This one. Um, this is the one where he like skins someone alive. Okay. It's by 
Brian Azzarillo is the guy who is the guy who wrote this one. But see, it's that's like, how I want to see Joker. Yeah. That's, this is how this is great artwork. This is how I want to see Joker. That's like my favorite one. Yeah. That's how I want to see him. Like he's about to die, like a skeleton guy. Like his skin has no nutrients. This picture, y'all, is so dope. Like his teeth is ugh. Like so, you think Jack Nicholson? Uh, I mean, if you're looking at that, that's your favorite. A Jack Nicholson character, the 1991 first Batman. See, okay, he fit. He fit like, more. He looked like. But he's the more. Um, like comedic side of the Joker, you know, like everything's yeah. funny, everything's a game, sarcastic, like, sarcastic, yeah. right? And like, I think different movies where we get the Joker, we get different versions. Yeah. So, I would I'm, really I'm not gonna lie, when I think of the Joker, I kind of think of Jack Nicholson. Yeah, uh, yeah, like because he's. I think a lot of people do him and Heath Ledger. I mean, they they're the ones who, for a long, you know, obviously it was Jack Nicholson for yeah. a long time, and then when Heath Ledger came on, people were like, No, yeah, <laughs> Heath Ledger's it. So yeah, man. that's yeah, yeah. He he took it to a just a so uh, like a real level of okay. If this is a close, this is a close uh, representation of uh, of the Joker. Fun fact: Did you ever watch the animated series Batman? Yeah, as a kid growing up. Yeah. Yes, every day four so o'clock. Do you know the voice? Mark Hamill. Do you know who, yeah. Do you know who Mark Hamill is? Um, he is um, wait, I don't know the name of the. Maybe not his face. I, I think it was that is Luke Skywalker. Luke himself. Skywalker. See, I was gonna say Han Solo. Oh, that's okay. His voice. The voice of. Joker is Luke Skywalker. Okay, Mark fun Hamill. fact. Yeah. Hmm. That's who he got famous for. Yeah. Like, doing him. And the girl who does Harley on that one also does, here's another fun fact, also does Tommy from the Rugrats. What? what? Tommy, I love Tommy. I love I Rugrats. Yep. Yeah. She's Mark. the same one. Knowledge. You see, we're learning Knowledge. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love, I didn't know that about Mark Hamill until a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah. Because I was like, why does that voice sound so familiar? Mm-hmm. And then he also did, um, when they made the Killing Joke movie, the comic movie. Yes, right. He did that voice, too. Yeah. <clears throat> he, yeah, he does a lot of voiceover work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the voiceover work is pretty decent, too. Like, you could just you sit in the studio. And then it's uh, being a character. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Like, um, certain voices I never changed. Like, the dude are frozen when, uh, when that boy says, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Certain things is just funny, bro. And it just never, it just never, just it just it just never leaves you. So, yeah, summer. And he was like, "Don't you do it." Think about it. Like he, the snowman was thinking about summer, bro. Speaking of voiceover work uh, and Disney, in the movie, uh, is it a goofy movie? It is a goofy movie. You know, you had the dude with the mohawk, yes. the Leaning Tower, she's a mm-hmm. Polly Shore. So, oh yeah, that was Polly Shore back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, it like it fit him. They That's never one of my best friend's favorite movies too. They never gave him credit for being in that film. Really, Polly Shore? Yeah, because I think he was too controversial, or there's something wrong with him. But they never gave him actual credit for. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> my guy. <laughs> I liked him. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I'd never thought about the Goofy movie until me and my best friend started becoming really close because she sings that song that's from it like the first time that um, uh, power line she's listening so she's gonna text me and tell me what the song is but um, <laughs> please get it because I, I remember the goofy movie and uh but we were we they we sing it in the dressing room all the time it is so funny so is it from power line or is it goofy singing it oh maybe it's power line you're listening it's you in the movie yeah. it's in the movie uh, Movie. It is in the Goofy movie though, but Powerline sings it. Yeah. yeah. And that who's that singer? That's a uh, oh that, from, the, from the '90s. Is it Tevin? Tevin Campbell? Is it a? Uh, let me. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. Hit us up on IG and let us know. I what think we're it's like, if we listen to that each one, yeah. other now. <laughs> she loves that one. <laughs> that's so funny. No, that's that's great. No, that's fantastic eye music. To eye, look. She What's just she right? Eye to eye. Okay. 
You were right. <laughs> she said power line, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that, I'm not as well versed in my goofy movie lore, okay? Is that Destiny? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, what's up, girl? How you been? Oh, yeah. What's Seven Campbell? <laughs> yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. So I'll, be, I'll be listening. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have probably like 10 more minutes. In closing, uh, sex work in the French Quarter. Forever changed already. And then we have this uh, virus. What what do you think is going to become? Are we going to have drive-through strip clubs? Are we follow, following organs ways? I don't know. Organs always really been at the forefront of you know they're the most sex worker you know friendly as far as right. strip clubs. They got them everywhere and rights you know and they're very empowered there. I don't think we're going to be that way. You know I don't like to feed into what like scaring the girls. You know what I mean. The truth is that none of us really know. No one and knows. it's. It is a scary time for us as dancers, but at the end of the day, we have been through some really scary things on the block, especially if you work there as long as any of us have, you know what I mean? Like, we've gone through it, we'll go through it again, you know, but at the end of the day, I think what's important for girls to remember is that the businesses are an investment to our owners. They don't want to lose them just like we don't want to lose them, you know, and they're not just going to take being shut down, lying down. They're going to do whatever they can to open up for us to be able to work, you know, follow whatever precautions we have to follow same thing that we did with the raids you know we were all terrified that it would never go back to the way it was and you know eventually we all you know made it work so i think that we're going to be fine it's just going to be a learning curve you know yes i i hope so i hope so too for the sake of all our friends and people in this community yeah all our regular customers and people who just out coming down to Street to look for a good time and I, I hope it all goes to some new normal that we can all be comfortable with. I think it will. I just think that, you know, it's going to take time because eventually when we open up, it's not going to be the same. Right. It's not gonna, we're not going to have a trillion people there. We're going to have everybody trying to come back to work. So it's going to be rough, you know, a rough couple of weeks, maybe even a rough couple of months. But I think it's important to remember that we're all in it together. I know that sounds so cheesy, but we yeah. are. Like, we have to work together. We have to try and keep each other calm. We have to get to work. Hey, well, I'm looking forward to the city. Um, just you know, something. Doing but something with it. Yeah, life. I am. I am. I am on the tier and believe that a lot of people may not come back because they don't think it's going to be the same. I do think that uh, new energy will come in, and we're already in a delicate place. What I don't want and fear that the city may be like, you know, what we can kind of not use as many strip club joints or as many club joints. Period. And this may be a, be a time for them to bail themselves out and offer new businesses to the strip. So, also something to think about in that regard, in that form. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen. Because right. it does seem like whenever we have these waves of things, that the smaller strip clubs are the, the first, first ones to go. To go. Yeah. And it's a shame for those girls because, like, all of us, we make homes where we work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if they're not what we would consider the top-tier club, we should be allowed to have a safe place to work we should be allowed to have a family environment like just because you you know i hate that they that they're always the ones canceled out you know because not every girl can work at every club which is a right. shitty part of the business but definitely you know we yep. should all have a place to work safely man yeah, there's certain uh, standards that every club has or certain managers want things run a certain way uh something i, I applaud ricks about shannon if, uh, shannon you the man i I, Shannon is. Shout out to Shannon. I've had great experiences just working alongside him when he was bartending. I had a good like conversation with him at the bar, just having a drink. 
uh, I think Ricks has a good yo. Know, shout out to Decker doing the damn thing out there. He's also worked in every position at the strip club. Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that I, matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely matters. So when you have someone with that experience and knows every role, like that's very imperative in, mm-hmm. the, in the adult nightclub business. And uh, yeah, I think you guys have a good all-around staff over there. I really do too. I'm really proud of the company that I work for. I'm really proud of the people that work there. I mean, because I've worked in 14 years, I've worked a lot of places, and I've never been at a place that cares about their girls as much as Rick says. You know what I mean? I know on the surface sometimes it seems like it's just business, and of course it is business, but they care. They care about what's happening to the club. They care about how to make girls comfortable. You know, they care about trying to do the right thing, you know, and even if they make mistakes, like I try and call them on it as much as I can. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be parts of the business that I can't change, but try to do the best that we can, you know, it's good to know you have somebody that's got your back, you know, yes. Shannon is definitely that even Eric, Eric's the the vice president, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I could call Eric right now and talk to him. He's very, I'm able to reach him all the time. We have conversations once a week about the business, you know, when business was business as usual, we would have one or two meetings a week, you know? So I think, I hope that strip club managers and owners get together and really start listening to their girls. And Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if they don't start listening to the girls, opening up their eyes. If they don't see that business can dramatically get taken away from them just off of the uh, competition that's to be, the things that they already have on their back, and it's it's a known that, bro, if they don't straighten up their act, like, I'm telling you, Rick's Hustler may stay, but those other strip clubs that's owned by Bully Guy. <laughs> Shout out to Guy. Shout out to Guy. You know, uh, I know he's holding on for a thread. They would not mind turning that into what they turned the old centerfolds into Mambas, like uh, the, the three-layer... Yes. You know, and it's nice up in there. You know what I mean? It's just sub- something else more for the people to come and consume. And then what also what goes into the strip club business is the thing, the, the negative parts of it, the legal parts of it. So trying to uh, keep that down and mix with the human trafficking thing we just went through this last year. Um, bro, I'm, I am in need of, of, of some love, tender, and care. And so are these dancers. So are these essential workers. So if the owners don't take heed and open up their eyes, the city of New Orleans will turn your joint into a bead shop. <laughs> t-shirt shop beat all that <laughs> so any last words um like we always say you booze by the radio uh don't forget to tune in with us anytime you can on our live stream wherever we at one world one love take care of yourself take care of each other okay. kaylee any final words i love you girls and i miss you so much and i can't wait to squish you all when i see you again me oh, too that's nice <laughs> you're not invited <laughs> uh, I want to say a happy Mother's Day to all the dancers, all the bartenders, waitress staff, everybody that I've worked with here in the French Quarter. Hey, it's going to be a different Mother's Day, but, you know, you are thought of. And uh, definitely images are just going through my head right now. Of every, like, single mom I've worked with, every mm-hmm. pr- every married woman I've worked with in a stable relationship still working inside the strip clubs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and then to you, a house mother, like one of the most notorious ones that I've heard great things about you. Oh, thank you and so I, much. I want to say is we've met on two occasions and they were both like Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. And so we're both like drunk or we're both out of it. I remember I was just out of it. And uh, we never really got a chance to sit down. But every time people are like, oh, you know, Katie, you know, the house mom, they always say great things about oh, you. Oh, that's really nice. Every Thank single you. woman that always brought you up always said great things. So Thank you. Uh, I'm glad that we got to chat. Me I too. had to sit down and just talk about life. Me too. This and, was uh, so nice. Yeah. Hopefully we get to do this again. And hope it's not the last we see of each other. I hope not. Right? You made that sound like the apocalypse. Yo, you just never, you just <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was gonna be like, wanna go grab some lunch, but then I'm like, maybe I need to call my mom. Say, mom, I love you. No, we're gonna go to a Mexican joint right now. Uh, they have La Paloma. That's that beer I was telling you about. They have it in a frozen drink form. So if it's so warm outside, then we'll definitely go get some of that. But all right, uh, thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'm DJ DZ, DJ underscore DZ on Snapchat or Instagram, and make sure you guys listen to the Spotify show and our weekly radio show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on ninety point three FM, WAMF LP, the voice of the people. Thank hey. you for listening.